With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let it flow. Let it flow wherever it needs to go. You let, know? It, let us know. Uh, what's it, what's that it, movie called? Let it let it go from Frozen. But the song's called Let It Snow. No, the song. Why don't you just call the movie Let It Snow? Oh, the song is called. The movie's called I'm Frozen. I'm pretty sure it's Let It Snow. No, Let It Snow is the, the one that goes, The weather outside is frightful. Oh, yeah. Oh. My bad. My ocean is ocean is We're recording we that. that we can't add that in. <laughs> yes, guys. Welcome back to the Canon Podcast. The super mutants are here. <laughs> And we are here to defend the club. Um, <laughs> shout out to our great friend, Malak Lee Gunner. Um, what a man. I tell you what, like, he's, he, he, he is funny. He's, I'll give him that. He's very funny. He's, very. He's very. deeply entertaining. I disagree with about 98% of what he says, but I, he, he, he is undeniably entertaining. It's Yeah. You know, He's got he's got that aura. Like, I honestly think like, just say, not in not in the football Twitter terms of like uh, uh attractive. I'm not saying he's a bad looking lad, but like in that aspect. But I'm talking about aura of the way he speaks. It's a do you know if you watch WWE if you're growing up with the rock and like that? I'm not saying yeah, he's a rock, the guy on the but mic. like in yeah, that aspect, yeah. he can entertain. So I give him that for sure. But uh, as as super mutants, we have to we have to talk about field tilt. For for um, for, for, con- uh, for context, um to, to listeners. So uh our, our good friend made a video yesterday. And someone had watched our instant reaction where we have a, a consistent and on-running joke about field tilt and about field tilt being the only thing that matters. This person has completely missed the joke, cut out a little section where it, it, it's on the edge of where you can tell whether I'm joking or not, which is fair enough, but the joke is there in the video. Uh, sent it to Lee Gunner and he's done a, he's done a whole video about it and, and, and also a video on you, Babs. But listen. Yeah. I, I this is like, what happens so, in international so breaks. People I feel like that's a rite of passage in content creation. This is a big milestone for the yeah, yeah. podcast. We you know? I, honestly, I was sat there, I was celebrating. I was like, I made it. Come on. Finally, Babs, you get some views. Yes, about time. Because <laughs> I don't get on any of my channel anymore. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's let's talk about something that gets a lot of views normally in transfers. Transfers, the window's open, and there's not many actually that many rumours, but Arsenal fans love to fabricate rumours. And there's always that one report out of somewhere in Spain that, talking about a transfer in France because that makes sense. Um, let, let's talk some links. Let's talk some links. And I think I want to talk about first things first positions. 
we always often talk about Arsenal fans talk about strikers, uh, you know, but I think in this pod, we often talk about the importance of signing a defender in this window. So what's that signing, that position that Arsenal need to address this window that could almost transform our season? We'll go to George first. And why is it Aaron Hickey? <laughs> it's not Aaron Hickey. Um, look, it's an interesting question because I feel like the defensive department is something that I still maintain is the key and is the priority because when I look at injuries going forward, one good thing about the most recent game was that Ben White actually looked a little bit sprite, at least what he hasn't looked like in a couple of weeks. But I am afraid that one injury means Cedric Suarez. And I'm not comfortable with that very real reality. And then I kind of look at, you know, William Saliba, most 90 minutes played and most minutes played in the squad, you lose something like that. It's nice to have a Declan Rice that can slot in, but who replaces him? And we can't rely on Thomas Partey. So there are a couple things that you can do um, and a couple buys that you can do. Um, I, I do believe that with Tommy Asu coming back from the Asian Cup um, and Timber coming back, you have fullback as a want, but it's maybe not an insane priority because you've got two fullbacks that are coming back within a month. I, I am a big fan of the Yusuf Afana. I can't get around that signing. It's the last 18 months of contract. It's got to be no more than 20 to 25 million pounds. And you get somebody that, for me, covers you in multiple areas because if Declan goes to the back to cover for Saliba, you've got a presence at six that you can trust that's experienced. Um, <clears throat> he can also play higher up the pitch. He can also play as an eight. So in certain moments, he can play as the community shield role that Declan did. He can play with Declan. I think that he solves both midfield and defense um, depth in terms of at least central center back. And so it's probably the easiest deal as well that I can see us doing. Because it's one thing to, to talk priority, but what's feasible? And that has to come into the calculus, right? Like I, I can sit there and say it'd be nice to get another winger option, which by the way, if you did, you look at Nico Williams' 50 million pound release clause as something that you're you're eyeing. But for all intents and purposes, we've been told that we don't have a lot of cash. I'm not too sure how much I believe of that, but I certainly don't think that we're flush with it. And so um I, I think like even in even in the case of a Yusef Fafana and say like Alex, like we're using kind of what you've had as an analysis, I don't see how producing almost half of that fee mm. is unacceptable for um for a club. Yeah. I mean, you can absolutely amortize it. And even if they've demanded the unreasonable amount of fifty percent up front, you can do it with mm. Yusef Fafana. Like that's the point. I would like to offer a correction. And I'd like to thank uh, one of our patrons. It was uh, Greg Beals on Patreon who who forced me to have a look at this, and he's right. Um, uh, I wish I could tell you who the guy is because he's such a good content. Anyway, he he, the, the I went to my guy, my FFP man who explains His things in, 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 baby, in, in baby terms for idiots like me. Um, and essentially, he said that you can. So last time I said you can't do this, and it turns out you can do this. You can pay, let's say thirty. Say you're signing a nana. Um, not that one, um, the one from Everton. Um, you were signing, you know, 30 million. You could spend 30 million up front, and it would say a 50 million pound deal on a five year contract. You can oh, exactly. still put that on your books as 10 million per year. So, so that For is, sure. I, I said you couldn't do that, but you can do that, apparently. Well, mm -hmm. and, and that's why I'm saying like the amortization is still an opportunity. Now, look, I don't think that we're flush with cast and that suddenly now, George, we've got 80 million pounds to spend. That's not, that's the other end of the spectrum that I just don't buy, right? And, and by the way, I don't even think that we're in the 50 million pound price bracket on one player because for me, we need to maximize the amount of funds used. And 
I think Yusuf Afana represents a player for me that isn't a mistake. I yep. look at who can actually come in, and it's not just solving a hole. Like people do this all the time. Who is experienced? We are a young squad. We're going into a run-in. Who has experience of Europe? Like these are some metrics that I would like. And in terms of the unicorn, who can come in and improve the team now? Who's experienced? Who can play with the squad for several years? Who isn't going to cost an arm and a leg? And who isn't going to hinder plans going forward? I genuinely think he ticks every single box. There's not a box that I see with him that isn't ticked. Can I flip this slightly and, and put the question to you boys? Because I think a lot of the question is, you know, can can we afford a signing or can we afford this signing or that signing? But I wonder whether the signing thing at the moment feels so like it, like the club needs a boost, right? How much of a hit do you feel? Is it is it just the fans' perspective? But I'll come to you, but I was like, do you think it's just the fans who are like, if we don't get a signing, we're done. The clubs in in the wash. Like you know, it, imagine sitting there on January thirty first, Arsenal having done done no business. Like the idea of the club needs a boost, even just a signing. How much do you buy that that actually goes on internally? Because to me, on on some level, especially in the attacking areas, I do think we need a new energy. But I think a lot of that, the problem is that the the noise surrounding Arsenal slightly obfuscates how much it's actually going to help the team. Just getting a signing over the line. I, I don't know about this Yusuf Fafana guy. Maybe yes, maybe no. I haven't watched, haven't watched him enough. But, but like I sit here today, like I feel like we need a signing. But is that actually going to help the team? Do you know what I mean? Especially if it's the wrong guy. It's good. And, and we'll never know if you're on mute, mate. So. Yeah, it was a fancy a problem, right? And they want an answer. And because they're already not on the pitch, they're not tacticians, they're not coaches, they think transfers. Transfers is the obvious oh, answer. Yeah. But I, I always point to uh, a club in West London that apparently is the biggest club in London who always solved the problems with transfers Fulham. and it always ends up getting worse. And it's Chelsea. Every every time their fans think, okay, this is the problem, we'll sign a striker, they go sign a player and it gets worse. I'm not saying you can't improve the transfers, of course you can, that's how Arsenal have improved, but it's sensible transfers. It can't just be transfers for the, for the sake of it um, or because you feel like you have to do it. And any player Mikel Arteta will, will sign won't be off the basis of the last three games. He won't have gotten, yeah. and, and you know, there's no player he would have gone, yeah, three games, we've lost those three games, we need to sign this player now. They're not going to panic. And we've seen it in the last couple of, of Jan windows where on deadline day, uh, you know, apart from maybe last year we signed Jorginho, often fans expect something like the year we could have signed maybe Isak or someone like that. And they weren't moving because there were only certain players they thought that are almost medium to long-term targets that will suit them, not just for one year, but maybe past that, unless there is like a short-term opportunity, you know, like Jorginho was last year. So I think that's what Arsenal fans need to, especially in January, lower the expectations. Unless the club are able to spend that money, they have a target like Mudrick was last year and they really want to chase him. And it isn't a club at Chelsea after him either. They won't get that mm. player. Um, and, it, and I'm used to it now because we saw it last, we saw it, was it in, in that window where we could have gone for Vlahovic, made an offer, he didn't go to yeah. Arsenal. Isak, with an, and, and then there's a scramble with any striker, anyone would do to the point right now where Arsenal fans are like, boy, I'm real. Score a couple goals. <laughs> yeah. Sign him. Well, like, yeah. it's, it's the desperation. And this, sorry, just, just quickly, uh, this was what I was saying a couple of pods ago. Like, I don't, the, the the amount of things that have to come together, the right player that Mikel actually wants at the right price in this window, based on our FFP, with those players coming out, like, there's so many things that need to be ticked. The one thing I will say though, is I do feel, I feel, and this is the problem. It's like delineating between what I and the fans and whatever feel and what the club actually needs is a hard thing. I sense that we could do with some new energy, which is different from a couple of Januaries before. The club have got us here to this position broadly by making the right decisions. 
and I will never say to the club, don't make the right decision. But I think maybe, and before, the right decision is not making a signing. But I wonder whether this January, the position we're in now, if we can do it, part of the decision-making is actually we kind of need a bit of fresh blood at this point in our season. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think I, I see this with kind of two heads because I'll be honest with you guys, I absolutely think clubs fold the pressure. Now, have ours done so in the past couple of years? I'm not too sure if we really have. I think we've really done probably one of the best jobs in Europe about walking away from deals, having mm. a financial limit, being disciplined in our approach. I think we're one of the few clubs that have a pretty consistent sample of that. But I must say, like, I mean, there was the tra- the overlap special, which I thought, look, Gary Neville's funny. He's got a commentator. But I mean, he does lend some insight into what clubs happen. And, you know, if you do have a set of three to four targets, and for whatever reason, one, a club will refuse to sell. One, you get outbid for wages. One, the agent um, presents an insane offer and so you can't do it. And you start to get down to number four, five on your list, you do get desperate. It, it is it is a case of you came in with a plan and now the plan is changed. Everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face and it could absolutely cause certain clubs to panic. And we've seen it with other clubs. So I don't refute the possibility that that comes in to it. But I think we've done a really good job about gaining perspective. Look, I, I think I would probably reverse this question to you guys. Just lastly, what metric do you want to see in a signing? Like, let's take away names and specifics of it. If you were to draw up a, a three bullet point list about what you really believe is needed and the type of player that could actually come and affect us, because I know I've seen a ton of people on Twitter, not just looking back at the summer, in terms of how we could have changed things, but like moving forward now in January, let me give you a certain budget. Forget the, the numbers, but what are the qualities that you need to see in that particular player to say he will have an impact now? Well, I, I think we look back at last January, right? And you look at, let's say, Trossard mm-hmm. coming to those, the, that tick list. If we'd gone on to want to win the league, I think Trossard and, and maybe Jorginho as well. Uh, by the way, separate point, Jorginho for £12 million is starting to look like a really, really good business. But Trossard, uh, especially, you know, say, say we 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 get over the line at the end and he, and he scores a couple more goals. He has that Fulham performance, et cetera, et cetera. We're all sat there in the story of 22-23 going, that signing was one of the, the key moments. You know, it, mm-hmm. it got us over the line. One of the things that got us over the line. So when I'm looking at players for this season, I'm having that in the back of my mind and I'm going, what did Trossard bring? It was a new energy. It was a new, it was something unpredictable. Someone who was willing to, you know, even now he's the one player in our team who I I go, you get him on the edge of the box. I don't know what he's about to do. So although I feel we need something defensively and maybe maybe defensive midfield wise to sort of shore that up in terms of numbers, what I would really love in that tick list that you mentioned is someone in the forward areas who is unpredictable and doesn't need to be the the future of the position. So, you know, it could be a loan signing, it could be a, a prospect, but someone who can come in and just give us something like, you know, like Nuno Tavares plays like a YouTube compilation. Like he's not the perfect player in any sense. He's not right for us. And this player potentially might not be right for us long term, but someone who can come in and, you know, Say we say we could do a, a Jeremy Doku esque deal. Someone who you come in and you just go, oh my god, this this isn't the finished article, but this guy's got something. That's w- almost what I think the Mudrick thing was last summer. Someone who is who who can maybe may, maybe it's pace, maybe it's decision making, maybe it's aggression. I don't know what it is, physical size, whatever. So, but something that we don't have 
that's what I want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe that's an overlap because um, a lot of Arsenal fans talk about maybe a fullback signing, especially on the left-hand side when you've got the idea of Martinelli playing more centrally. I think George mm-hmm. has talked about this in the past, of having a more overlapping left-back. And so I think, I don't see us signing an attacker in this window, but if we sign a fullback, could that be transformative? I think so. I mean, I've suggested in the past and I've put a name out there that I believe is feasible, Patrick Dorgu. Like, I here, look, I think on platforms like this, there's time to speak in like platitudes and then there's time to speak very specific. And I think one of the specific things that a Patrick Dorgu brings, by the way, um, not just is it a feasible signing from a Serie A team in Lease, we're a very good team right now, well, mid-table in Serie A, they're doing pretty well for themselves, but we've got a prospect that can grow, that we can grow with, but he provides something that I think the team and that dynamic are missing. In the defensive groups right now, how many people would you describe as having electric pace? I don't think I would. I think everyone's very athletic and they're very strong, but electric pace, I think that's a whole. And so for me, it's really important that when we recruit, we don't recruit redundancy. Mm. And the one thing that I looked at with Trissard, by the way, it was very short term and he did a brilliant job. But then I was always wondering, there's a lot of similarity to Jesus here. Like we're going to have to make a decision in two years on that. I'm happy to do it if it gets us over the line and we're able to move on. But I'm a big fan of making sure that we make our money value. And for me, if we're going to do a fullback, mate, it has to be somebody with dynamism, with some serious ground running power that can offer us some a different level of running. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that our defensive group lack passers. I don't think our defensive group lack intricate play moving into midfield. We have that type. And so when I start to see these other types that come around, you know, I need to see a difference. And I look at Kieran Tierney, Nuno Tavares. These are sales that are coming up very, very soon. And one of my biggest frustrations with the Kieran Tierney deal, just to end on this, was not that he was gone. Uh, Everybody has a subjective opinion on the player. But why didn't the club recruit a profile to replace him? Because they also got rid of Nuno Tavares. So it's it's no problem getting rid of these players, but you should have a profile replacement yep. for them. Remove profiles, and, and I, I think just very briefly to finish off, like part of the reason I think our right hand side isn't functioning as well as it has done is the the lack of Ben White's kind of athletic runs. You know, there, there was a point this season where he was he was he was hitting those numbers, but I do think we all feel that lack of support on the right hand side isn't helping. Yeah. So you know, even if you can have someone who comes on in the last twenty minutes, just give Saka that extra bit of space. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It, it depends and I think especially in terms of I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys have seen that progression uh, graphic which shows you know Arsenal's progression numbers this season oh you know and how you know George uh, yeah, has it's on his yeah. bedroom wall and on that left hand side there is clearly you know a bit of an issue you know and Havertz is not progressing on the ball as, good, as well as Xhaka was last year I've got a question and I want to you can both answer it if you want what do you think like and it doesn't have to be this season or next year but what do you think like is Mikel Arteta's final four midfield in terms of what it looks like maybe not in terms of players but what it would look like in terms of dynamics we've got to Alex here thanks for checking out the Canon podcast to hear the full episode sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon pod sports social podcast network okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.